1: Hello everyone and welcome to the CyberWire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down threats and vulnerabilities, solving some of the hard problems of protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us.
0: I was actually working on several incidents where I noticed that attackers did some, let's say, weird things with browsers.
1: That's Bohan Zajurna. He's a senior information security consultant at a company called Infigo. He's also a certified instructor at the SANS Institute. The research we're discussing today is titled Abusing Google Chrome Extension Syncing for Data Exfiltration and CNC.
0: So that prompted me to um, do a bit more analysis of what exactly they did, and we managed to recover some files that were used by attackers, and ended up finding out something very interesting. Uh, we found out, out that they were using some um, malicious extensions, which were side-loaded, so they were not available in uh, on. Google's website where you normally download um, extensions from. They were sideloaded, they were loaded directly uh, into Chrome. And uh, we found out that um, those extensions contained some very interesting functionality that allowed them to basically abuse Google's infrastructure through a legitimate function in Chrome, uh, which is used for syncing data between different Chrome instances. Um, and so they were using this uh, particular functionality as um, their data exfiltration and command and control center mechanism.
1: Well, let's walk through it together. Uh, sure. First of all, a little bit of background on how Google handles extensions. What's what's the general functionality there?
0: Sure. So um, with extensions, uh, we can basically add all sorts of different functionality to our browsers. And... Uh, Basically, all popular browsers support some kind of extensions. Probably the most popular extensions are uh, various ad blockers that uh, quite often people actually use. Uh, They sometimes help you remove certain ads from websites, um, change them a little bit so they are maybe easier to read and use. Now, those extensions are generally very, very powerful and dangerous at the same time. Uh, They are powerful because they can change basically anything you see in your browser and for the same reason they are dangerous because they can also modify whatever you see um, on a particular web page, for example. Um, So there tens, if not hundreds of thousands of different extensions. Um, only some of them are, of course, very popular, but there is basically nothing preventing you from producing your own extensions that extensions that can be used uh, in a browser.
1: And most people, I would say, or it hazard to guess, load their extensions through the Chrome Web Store, but as you mentioned, you can sideload them as well.
0: Exactly. So um, basically, the, um, the Google's Web Store should be the one place to go and download your extensions from. Now, keep in mind that doesn't need to be completely um, safe either. Uh, there have been malicious extensions and Google uh, does wipe them here and there from Google Store. Actually, about a week ago, they also removed one uh, another popular extension that uh, was found to have certain malicious Elements in it, Uh, so normally you would go to that website, uh, download uh, the extension, and allow the extension to run. The extension will ask you for certain permissions. A lot of people just click on OK and allow that permission, uh, that story extension to run. Now, besides this, the Chrome the Chrome web browser also allows you to do so called side loading, where you can load an extension directly from your hard drive and this is basically intended to be used by developers because this will allow them to load those extensions they are working on without going through the process of sending the extension to google before it's ready obviously but as we saw um, the bad guys can use that particular feature as well. And, and in this case, the one you
1: discovered, uh, it was sideloaded. And what were they? they? They were pretending to be something else.
0: Yeah, exactly. So um, they sideloaded the uh, extension. And when you create that extension, there there is a file called manifest.json uh, that basically defines what your extension does, what it looks like, how it will present itself to the user, and so on. Uh, so what I did was that they took... Um, uh, the icon of another um, uh, extension of a a security software producer company called Forcepoint, which had nothing to do with with the extension whatsoever. But they just took their icon from the website and they presented the um, add-on as a Forcepoint DLP extension for Chrome. Uh, This was obviously done in order to make it uh, look um, as a legitimate add-on, where in fact it wasn't.
1: And Do you have any idea how they were uh, convincing people to sideload this? Was there? Do we suspect it was some sort of social engineering?
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't able to find it out. I suspect it's either uh, social engineering, as you said, because you know it's it's not all that difficult to get people to to load it, especially uh, since it's ju- it's just an extension, you can tell them, look, this is not a binary, it's just a a browser extension. Or they may be managed to compromise the machines as well and drop the file directly and just load it then into Chrome. And after that, they don't need to do anything on that machine. They can basically use Chrome as their bot that they will um, control from a different place somewhere else in the world, as long as that Chrome is signed to Google uh, to allow them to sync uh, data of the extension.
1: Well, take us through what this uh, extension actually did, what was going on under the hood here.
0: All right, so uh, basically um, what I found out and what I saw in parts that we managed to recover was that they were able to uh, read certain information from uh, other websites. So basically once you run an extension, depending on the permissions that you gave to that extension, the extension basically can see anything that's happening in your Chrome browser or any other browser that you run with with a similar extension. Um, And that's what I did with this extension. They allowed it permission to read anything So the extension was trying to find some uh, authentication tokens and then relay them uh, to the attacker by abusing the sync feature so that particular relay was actually uh, flowing through Google's infrastructure. They didn't have to set up their own command and control center. They just relayed and synced the data through Google.
1: Well, let's dig into that. I mean, uh, how does Mm -hmm. Google's sync functionality work? How is it supposed to work and how are they taking advantage of that?
0: Sure. So it's actually a cool feature. Um, It's a completely legitimate feature. And um, if any of uh, the listeners are using uh, Chrome, a lot of them might be using this feature already. So basically in Chrome, when you log into your Google account, Chrome will allow you to sync data between different Chrome instances. So for example, if you have... um, two laptops, or if you have a laptop and your, I don't know, iPad or, or phone or anything, uh, as long as you use Chrome on all of them and you log in to your Google account, if you allow syncing, and there is a button that you have to click on to turn on syncing, then all of these browsers will basically sync data between them. Uh, this means that they will sync bookmarks, your history of pages, but it also allows them for uh, to sync extension data. So there is a small data storage mechanism um, that every single extension can use to basically store some data. That data can be stored either locally, so it's available only to this particular instance of Chrome, or it can be synced um, through uh, the syncing feature between any other instance of Chrome that runs the same um, extension. So basically Mm -hmm. what the attackers um, were able to do here is to load the same extension on a different in a different Chrome browser, anywhere else in the world, log in with the same account. so they need to know the account username and password which is logged in, signed in to Google, right And then mm-hmm. that other instance will simply sync data with uh, the first instance of Chrome. And this communication works in both directions.
1: Well help me understand here. So uh, through this uh, syncing functionality through the browser plugin, um, they need to know the user name, but they don't have to be logged in as so,
0: that user? Uh, okay, so they need to log in uh, in Chrome as the user that is used to sync the data. So mm-hmm. in, in the particular incident I was um, investigating, the, uh, the legitimate user actually didn't use that feature at all. So what the attacker did was that the attacker uh, signed in on behalf of that user with a throwaway account on Google, and then hmm. use that account to sync data. I see. Now there's some functionality
1: going on behind the scenes here where uh, extensions are able to swap information between them. What's going on there?
0: Yeah, exactly. So Google actually provides extension developers with a legitimate mechanism to perform that uh, because they expect that extensions will need to Uh, sync some data. So, for example, if you have one Google Chrome instance and you change something in an extension, you change a setting, then as a user you would probably expect that the same setting is changed in your other instance of Chrome, for example, on your other laptop. So that's why they added this feature for uh, extensions. And as I said, it's a legitimate feature which makes sense. Um, Now, the malicious um, extension basically abuses this particular feature And it has um, a mechanism that allows it it to um, set keys with certain values. And those keys with values will be very, very quickly synced between those two instances by using Google's infrastructure. Uh, In a matter of seconds, right? Exactly, in a matter of seconds. Now, you can't transfer gigabytes, really. There is a, a limit that Google imposes here. Um, it's in the original uh, text, uh, but generally from um, some of the tests I did, uh, it will allow you to exfiltrate a couple of megabytes per hour, which in a, uh, a real-world scenario would be probably good enough for an attacker that wants to find a very stealthy way to exfiltrate data from, um, from an environment, especially since this data will be flowing only through Google, and if you are doing some network inspection, you will not see absolutely any suspicious traffic apart from traffic going to uh, Google's website.
1: Right, and, and one of the things you point out in your research here is that that makes it hard to, to block this because you, you would affect legitimate uh, um, uh, good functionality from Google if you did.
0: Exactly, exactly. So, um, the, um, website that's being used by the syncing feature is uh, clients4.google.com. And the same website is actually used by Chrome, for example, when you start it to figure out if you are connected to the internet or not, if you have some blockers uh, on your network or similar. So if you just say that you don't want to allow anyone in your enterprise to access this website, you might break some legitimate functionality of Chrome. So it's not that easy to disable the syncing feature. So what options
1: do, do folks have to protect themselves against this?
0: So that's, that's a great question. And luckily there is a way to make this um, secure in, in, in enterprise environments primarily. So uh, first of all, with any extension, as uh, we already mentioned earlier, since they can be malicious, um, we should be very careful when loading. Uh, those extensions. Now, there is nothing to prevent people from sideloading uh, extensions if they want to. But luckily for us, Google did publish um, policies that can be used, uh, for example, in Windows domain as a group policy that your enterprise administrator can push and either completely disable extensions. Or just create a whitelist of extensions that you want to allow your users to use and then blacklist absolutely everything else. And that's something that I would definitely suggest um, that um, any enterprise uh, does because it will make your um, Chrome installations uh, across your enterprise much more secure. It will give you power of controlling which extensions are installed and which are not. So basically you can block whole classes of attacks with that.
1: Do you have any idea who's behind this and anything in terms of attribution or, or who they're targeting?
0: Not in this pom- moment, unfortunately. This was found as, as a couple of incidents, which and it was not related to those incidents. So the um, attackers probably dropped the file by accident because they, they used some other functionality um, that we found. Um, so at this point in time, I don't know, you know what exactly they were trying to steal or, or who is behind this
1: yeah it's certainly a a clever attack and it's it's one of those ones that i think leaves you uh both impressed and and scratching your head you know it's it's pretty straightforward but boy it seems to be effective
0: yeah exactly exactly there's the beauty behind this is that as you said it's pretty straightforward it's actually relatively simple and uh, it just you don't need to be the, the world's best developer to you know code this uh, but at the same time, is is very, very stealthy and uh, definitely uh, makes me feel um, unpleasant about all those extensions that I use as a user as well because I, I like some functionality they provide.
1: Our thanks to Bohan Zujurna for joining us. The research is titled Abusing Google Chrome Extension Syncing for Data Exfiltration and CNC. We'll have a link in the show notes.